Welcome to the Faith Today podcast, conversations inspired by Canada's Christian magazine. Today's Faith Today podcast is a little bit different. I'm Karen Stiller, host of the Faith Today podcast, but today I'm joined with Deva Young, who is our tech producer, who is always with us, but usually in the background. But today he opens up about his thoughts and observations about the podcast and other things, and it's a lot of fun to hear from Dave. We're also joined by Rick Heemstra and Lindsay Calloway, who are the co-hosts of the new EFC podcast called Faith Trends. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you need to because it is so enjoyable and it will be an important podcast, I think, to connect research about faith in Canada with the church in Canada. We also talk a little bit about Christmas because that is coming up and we wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas and just, you know, banter about that a little bit. So we hope you enjoy our conversation and thank you for listening. So today we're doing something special on the Faith Today podcast that we have not done before and that we're welcoming the whole EFC podcast team, which don't worry, it's only four people. It's myself, Karen Stiller, our tech producer, expert whiz person, Dave Young, who's here. Say hello, Dave. Hello. Dave is usually only in the background sending me messages like that was a terrible question and time to wrap things up. Um, But today we're going to get him in front of the mic. So we're excited about that. And we also have Rick Heemstra and Lindsay Calloway here, who are the brand new hosts of the EFC's latest podcast, Faith Trends, which we're all super excited about. So Rick and Lindsay say hello to the Faith Today listeners. Hello, everyone. Hello. So I just thought it would be really good to get together as a team, which, like I say, we haven't done before, at least not on the air, and just talk about our podcast a little bit, kind of a year in review thing, and also like look ahead a little bit to what's coming. So you two are the newest podcast hosts for the EFC. We would love to hear how Faith Trends is going so far. And Dave, I'd love for you to weigh in on that because you are the uh, consistent presence in everything we do on in podcast land. So just jump in and share, guys, what's happening. I think it's going pretty well. We're still finding our footing as, pod co- as podcast hosts and thinking through, um, you know, how do we have an engaging conversation with our guests? But we're enjoying the guests right now and just exploring uh, the research and connecting you know, researchers and ministry leaders with each other, and uh, very excited to do that. I'm really thrilled about the breadth of research topics that we've already covered, and uh, as well as those down the pipeline. We've talked about counting Christians, we've talked about evangelism, we've talked about clergy care, and we have some exciting new guests coming up. We're planning to talk about online theological education, the life cycle of a worship song. So there's some really exciting topics that are coming up that is really covering a large breadth and just a wide variety of topics that are of interest and relevant to the church. So I'm excited for our listeners to get to hear about the rigorous research that's being done across the board. I wonder how much you guys on the podcast show how much you actually converse about these different topics normally because when i hear you guys and we're talking about a thing in the background you guys are going back and forth and it's so interesting to hear uh, those perspectives and i wonder how much it is different being in front of the microphone where everything is recorded and coming from a research background having to be so 
technical and uh, precise. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I'm also uh, ordained and I, I was a pastor before I came to work for the EFC. And, you know, what I learned when I was preaching is that you're only nervous until you forget about yourself and then you're fine. And and I think that there's a place of uh, getting into a, a podcast where you just have to forget about yourself and become immersed in the conversation. And then and then things start to smooth out a little bit. Well, Rick gets excited. Now what? So, <laughs> he does. When, when you can, you can always, I mean, I can, because I hear your voices in my head multiple times over and over, but I hear when Rick just kind of settles in and he kind of, I don't, I don't know if he actually physically sits up and he gets a little bit more perky and he gets so like, this is so awesome. And he can't say it because that's like not research term. But he just, uh, you know, you can tell how he just gets in the groove and he's enjoying the time with the guests. Right. In a nerd-like way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just want to say, I think this is so awesome should definitely be a research term. <laughs> so, Lindsay, how, <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay, how about you co with, you guys are total partners in this co-hosting. Like, what's that like? I am a host hog. I think I would have a hard time co-hosting all the time. Are you like saying, Rick, like, shut up or what? Rick and I have been learning to share duties for the last two years. So I think we've figured out a bit of a rhythm of conversation and even just being able to say, hey, do you want me to just record the intro on this on my own because I know he's busy. There's there's a give and take that I think we've developed over the last few years and I think it translates to the podcast. So it has come quite easily, I think. So Dave, you used the word, or maybe actually Rick used the word nerd. I wasn't going to use that word, but you, you've you used it. So now it's like fair game. Tell us about uh, the non-researchy listeners. So listeners who might think it just sounds kind of academic, because I listen to them. I don't think it is. Tell us how it relates to everybody, what you're doing with Faith Trends. Everything that is being done in, in, in terms of research in our seminaries and liberal arts universities and Bible colleges is relevant to what's going on in the churches. And what I hope that we're doing with Faith Trends is that we're making that accessible. And so, you know, my hope for Faith Trends is that it has a kind of a translating function where, yes, I think academics, they tend to write for each other, but what we're trying to do is to get them to open up and to tell us what this means for ministry in the church. And that's really where the value of, of this research happens. As we said kind of in our, our intro podcast is that too often this research just doesn't get noticed at all. Or if it gets noticed, it gets noticed, you know, by a very few of their peers. And, you know, that's, we're just not getting value for the hard work that they've done, the good work that they've done. And, you know, we need to benefit from the gifts of, of other people in the kingdom. And so that's kind of my dream and vision for Faith Trends. So how do you sell it to your family and kids? Oh, good <laughs> kid question. Have your kids listened, Rick? No, but my kids have trouble believing that anything that I do would be cool. So um, <laughs> this is just nothing. This is just one another another one of those things that I do. That that uh, you know, it's interesting though. My daughter has just started a robotics and automation course, and so suddenly she's learning things that I've been encouraging her to learn for years. That I do in in the course of my work, 
and uh, I love to just rub it in. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Good validation. One thing I love about, uh, the, say, the Faith Today podcast and increasingly is just the realization that you can interview a whole lot of different people. Like people like to be asked and they don't mind sharing. And if they have the time and the bandwidth in their schedule, they almost always say yes. And they want to share what they're learning. They want to share what they're writing or what they're thinking and speaking about. So I just love that. And then being a bridge, like you said, have that opportunity to, to speak to them. So I often, um, like when I prepare for an interview, I think about, well, what will, will the listener want to hear? Or if I'm writing, you know, what does the reader uh, maybe need to know? And I'm very much in that sort of everyday position anyway, as a reader and a listener. So I, I really love that opportunity to sit down and ask you know, questions. And often, I think you mentioned this, Rick, you you think you're going to start in one direction, and you end up in another place. And that's totally cool and better, because then the conversation is more organic. So have you been finding that, Lindsay, like how you approach the conversation versus what the conversation actually ends up being? Yes, for sure. There's always a degree of preparation that will come to the the interviews with. And then I find, you know, the conversation leads off pretty scripted, maybe, and planned, but then the cadence of conversation kicks in, and you don't even even realize that 20 minutes have passed, and you're really just talking with, you know, an, another member of Christ's body about the church. I think that's one of the beautiful things about being able to, uh, just the privilege of being able to talk with so many thoughtful people is, yeah, it's just the element of conversation that cannot be planned. And that just happens when two people are in a room. And unfortunately, it's a virtual room in this case. But um, when two when just minds can come together and and share and, and learn. Yeah, no, I like that. And Dave, are you because Dave and I have a nice trusting relationship, I think with uh, the Faith Today podcast, where he will absolutely, he never says mean questions. I was just joking earlier, but he'll say like, okay, you know, time or or give me a time marker or suggest a question because you're there listening, Dave, right? Like you're absorbed, you're going to be the smartest person ever <laughs> in the EFC after listening to every podcast ever done. Well, being an IT specialist, you really have to be flexible to whatever may come or whoever the guest might be, and really to who the host is. You need to complement the skills of the team that has been put together. So what I do with the Faith Today podcast versus what I do with the Faith Trends podcast differs a little bit. And so where the role of the host is to try to flow from question to question, I can really kind of sit back and listen to the entire conversation and, and kind of get an overview of what's going on. What I'm specifically mindful of is when we start talking about a really depressing subject, like the church is in decline or there's some major social issue that is happening within Canada, I try to remind our host to... and not necessarily on a happy note, but just give some hope to the listeners so that they can understand, well, how can they help or what are the things that they can do? Yeah. Well, you know what? That reminds me because I work also as an editor of Faith Today magazine. That's very much the editor role, right? You're working with the writer or the host or whatever to bring out the best and then you're helping to shape it and then you're kind of behind the scenes and so well and it's great it's when when a good product comes out at the end and you hear yeah. you know especially with the, uh, i just i mean karen and i have been learning about this over the last uh 
I don't know how long, a couple years now, or three years, I think. Yeah. We've been doing this, uh, the Faith Today podcast, and then kind of seeing that develop and being able to put into the Faith Trends podcast, and hopefully some other podcasts as they, as they come down the line too. Yeah, absolutely. I was just, before we started today, I was looking back on you know, uh, some of the Faith Today podcasts we've done in the last number of months, and a, a few jumped out at me as sort of important for me personally, or that I really learned or that I really enjoyed. Uh, one of which would be the Philip Yancey podcast I did. And we typically, and I know you guys are doing this too, we focus on Canadian whenever possible. And that is our priority filter. But when I had the opportunity to interview, you know, Philip Yancey, who's such a beloved author, I was just like, Yes, uh, put my hand up. I would love to speak to Philip Yancey. And so I really found that um, like an honor, but I also just super enjoyed it right away. And the one thing I was nervous about was his uh, publicist people or whatever just mentioned to me, like, just so you know, he likes to be called Philip, not Phil. So then I was like, I'm totally going to call him Phil <laughs> now that I'm worried about it. But I didn't. I managed to stick with Philip. Uh, but I know he would have been incredibly gracious anyway. But I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed Linda McGibbon. Um, she wrote a book called My Vertical Neighborhood that was awesome about hospitality in a high rise in in, in Toronto, um, literally. And I, that was an excellent conversation. Brian Dirksen, Canadian, you know, Christian singer songwriter, uh, really loved that. And also Joanna Lafleur, who does like digital church work, and she's actually going to be a Faith Today columnist in 2021 or 2022, a new one. And that was based on our interactions through the podcast. So I also love how these conversations can open doors and lead to other places. So I, I know you guys are going to find that with Faith Trends too. So what do you got planned? What's coming up? You mentioned a little bit, but like, what are you looking forward to? Well, uh, we have a couple of podcasts. We're going to be uh, talking with Jason Mills about online theological education, and we'll be recording that one later this week. It'll probably come out in December. We'll also be talking with Mike Tapper and Mark Chalicur about the life cycle of worship music. And I think it's just going to be fascinating to talk about what that means for our worship and how we experience church and how we worship God. And Lindsay's going to be uh, hosting that one. I think that's going to be just very fascinating. Yes, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, how, is that, how is that research related? <laughs> They did research. <laughs> they did research on the life cycle of a worship song. Oh, okay. Uh, using CCLI information. Really? Yep. They have charts and graphs and everything, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's been really cool is, you know, when when Karen first pitched the idea of us starting a research podcast, we sat down and we brainstormed a bunch of names that we wanted to interview. And a lot of the names that we had listed are they're very busy. And we, you know, we still want to engage with them at some point. But just how organically a list has formed since then, just through different contacts and different people recommending names or sending us something and saying, this person just finished a dissertation, you really should follow up with them. And there's been some really organic connections that have been made that have led to actual interviews. And so I think that's kind of an exciting piece of that connection that is such an important part of our podcast. Yeah, that's cool. So I have a question for all of you. How does sort of current events or the sort of the research that you're doing or whatever, um, how does it dictate or how does it influence 
the future podcast and or the direction of the podcast that you're doing? I don't know, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, well what, I, what it's coming down to for me is like, there's so much things to cover, uh, re- whether it be research or articles on things that have happened in the past, things are, that are happening currently, or things that you foresee by looking at the data that might happen in the future. How do you figure out what would be interesting for the listeners right now? Well, I think that there's a lag, right? People choose their research topics, and that's usually a long-term process if we're talking about dissertations. What we hope is that the discernment of what they've seen coming will land at a place where the church is ready to hear what they have to say. You know, I've often heard it said that, you know, artists in some ways see into the future because they're grasping things that are that are yet to come. And I think, you know, we can possibly say the same thing for research. If research is cutting edge, then they're anticipating what it is that we need to know. And they're gathering the information and the wisdom of the community so that they're ready to show it to them. And Karen, how does that affect yeah, I mean, Faith the Day Magazine and the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because we're bi-monthly, which means we come out once every two months, the print magazine. So we uh, we don't do a lot of, say, breaking news because we'd always be behind it, behind and it would be old already and we'd be chasing things. So uh, we look for more of, I think, themes in stories. So, for example, if there was like, uh, like well, flooding right now in BC is in the news, Um as we record this. And so we would be for the magazine looking at more principles to pull out of that. So how can a church respond well to a natural disaster, for example, or some learning that can benefit the whole body. So I think that's how we try to look at the magazine. The podcast, because we release every two weeks, we have a little bit more opportunity to be kind of nimble and so on. So if we can get someone to speak to a topic that's timely, we will. Um, For example, we interviewed uh, an author who had written a book about being a Christian in the public square and politics. Uh, We timed that around the election. I think that was good and timely and interesting. But again, we're still looking for the principles. I like to speak to authors. I tend toward that sometimes. And if anything, I have to watch that. I think, okay, like, I I can't just interview book authors all the time. But one of the reasons why they interest me so much is I like to not talk just about the book, but about the topic of the book, because the topic tends to relate to what our culture is thinking about and talking about in that moment. So I interviewed Kate Bowler recently, an author that is beloved to many people. Um, And so it it was all around, you know, like, why do bad things happen, basically, which is a perennial question, we call it an evergreen topic in the magazine world. So it never goes out of style. You know, it's a question that will people will keep asking and keep considering. So So when I interview a book author, it's not so much, oh, your book came out, you know, even though that's exciting. It's let's talk about the subject of the book. And so, yeah, I think we try to stay sort of topical, but also timeless and really uh, provide a conversation that people won't hear otherwise, maybe. But we also like to hear back, right? So even when uh, when Rick and Lindsay were saying there a minute ago about one conversation leading to another, I was thinking people are listening to this and they think of a topic or they know of an author or they know of a research project. They should let us know that. And, you know, maybe we can pursue that. 
And I think we follow our noses. And I think that's really important to trust our own instincts about what is interesting and what is coming up. And, um, you know, we're not uh, like flawless in that in, in choosing, but we have good instincts. And I think we should chase those. I think it's been difficult uh, sometimes to kind of discern where to follow your nose. Oh, yeah. Though at times, I mean, especially through this uh, this time of pandemic and such, it's oh. it's been so discouraging at times, just, so uh, just the different topics that we've had to deal with, uh, clergy care, um, COVID and parenting, yeah. um, mental stress mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? Also watching that we don't just do COVID stuff. I mean, that's been... Yeah, concern of mine in the magazine, like what's too much, what's too late? Yeah, what's too much and what's too late? Those have been the two questions for me. And uh, I don't know that we've always gotten it right, but we've tried to at least ask those questions. Well, I do like reminding you to try to end on that, you know, that hope yes. aspect. Yeah. <laughs> Because we're, we're not hopeless. You yeah, know, absolutely. Especially as we come through the Christmas season. We have to remember that. Yeah, for sure. One of the instincts that we have for kind of choosing topics is the perennial topics. You know, sometimes there's a, a tendency for us to want novelty, but a lot of where our ministry happens are the kinds of same kinds of ministry questions that need to be answered again for today. And, and a lot of the, that's what we're, we're looking for. You know, how do we re-answer the ministry questions that we always have in a, a new and fresh way? Yeah, I like that. So Dave mentioned hope. I love the hope shift. He is good at shifting us to hope, which is actually a wonderful characteristic, Dave, um, as well as a practice. So we are heading into the Christmas season. I have, we have never uh, in Faith Today, on the Faith Today podcast, done like a Christmas episode. And I always, you know, I'm never quite sure what to do, but I thought it would be fun uh, to talk about how we celebrate Christmas in our different homes or our different practices. Uh, I'm going to say to you that um, I'm married to an Anglican priest uh, as now our kids are in their 20s, all three of them. So a lot of the pressure has gone. I don't have to make a gingerbread village and have dancing elves through the house and all that stuff. Um, but I still have this like little feeling in my gut when I think about Christmas, that's not like pure joy and excitement. <laughs> I would be better labeled quiet dread and impending doom uh, because things traditionally have been so busy um, with church stuff, family visits us. Uh, we don't, get to leave because of course there's so many services so then you're kind of entertaining people too who might come with their own expectations or you you assume that and just all the things so i am trying this year to be um you know happier <laughs> about christmas and reasonable and uh and feel the freedom that having you know slightly older children uh gives me so but lindsay you're kind of in the in the thick of it, right? Your kids are young, your family's young, you're also married yeah. to a pastor. How do you feel about Christmas? Tell the truth. <laughs> well, you know, Christmas used to be marked by a lot of travel, especially when we lived in the States, we would always come home to Canada for Christmas. So we've always associated Christmas with the Great White North. And now that we've moved here, um, I'm realizing that it's no longer marked by travel, it's marked by staying. And so learning now to establish rhythms at home and in one place um, is something that we're learning. And as you said, I do have quite young children. So 
I feel like our Christmas routines have changed every year because the needs of the kids have been different each year and their even their cognitive development. They're not ready to read an Advent story or they're too young to use an Advent calendar. Um, but now we're re- reaching the ages where they can start to understand the Christmas story Uh, My son can memorize a verse, uh, something like that. So I'm learning what it means to be more intentional about Christmas. And so we're going to see what December 1st brings, but we we bought an Advent book, we have Advent calendars, and we're going to try to be that family and try to gather each day and focus on that expectancy of of Christ's arrival. And you know what, Lindsay, that reminds me of the uh, when you have such clear intentionality, so it's kind of like reaching for the moon and landing three feet ahead of you, and that's okay because <laughs> if you hadn't reached for the moon, you wouldn't have landed three feet ahead of you. So I love that. I love to hear that, and it reminds me of yeah, the joy of little little ones at Christmas. It really does make you focus in on joy and hope and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Karen. That's that's encouraging. How about you, Rec? You've got kind of a surly bunch like I do, right? Yeah, you know, our family has always been a little bit strange around Christmas. I know when we were pastoring once, uh, somebody quipped to Beth, they wondered if we were Jehovah Witness because we didn't have a Christmas tree up yet. (laughs) (laughs) And that was just because we were busy. But I've always been trying to push Christmas off uh, later. Uh, For a while, we would... uh, give gifts on uh, epiphany because you know we we said to ourselves well that's when the orthodox do it so it's really still christmas but uh, we were just really too busy and we got better sales if we waited until after christmas to do to buy our <laughs> gifts but you know there's a there's a method in all of this madness right i have been trying to push christmas off because christmas for a lot of people they celebrate it during advent and uh you know, there's 12 days of Christmas, like the song, and it's it's sort of been a goal of mine that I've never really realized, because too often everybody's sort of happy up until Christmas, and then the day comes, and then everybody eats a big meal, and they're, they're just kind of, they're walking around trying to, to digest it afterwards, and that's it. And it really should be kind of the start of it. And I think that Advent is... It's it's preparing us, but it's it's kind of a time of remembering that when Jesus comes, everything gets better. And right now, things aren't really as good as they're supposed to be. Mm. Um, I'm I'm also do uh, pulpit supply at our church. Well, not pulpit, so I'm on a preaching roster, and I'm preaching on the visit of of Mary to Elizabeth. And I'm preparing the sermon and I'm reading in, in Luke chapter one, where Elizabeth, they're describing Elizabeth and in the King James, they have this beautiful way of saying it. They said, and, and she was well stricken in years. And sometimes you feel well stricken in years, but then there's the hope that along to people well stricken in years and sort of feeling the weight of COVID and everything, the Holy Spirit breaks in and does something new in Elizabeth's life and in Mary's life. And that's kind of the hope that we look forward to that we're going to celebrate at Christmas. And I've always wanted that. And I, I find that it's hard when everybody's trying to celebrate before Christmas. I just wish to, they would just stop. And wait. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Stop everybody. Yeah, that's good. I really love that. Uh, I love that idea of stretching it out and slowing it down. And um, my husband would uh, 
we, he was always very big on, you know, leave the tree up till epiphany. And we've got to, for, for me, by that time, I was like, okay, no, <laughs> we got to get this thing out of here. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> but I think it's beautiful to think about that. And liturgically, you know, if you follow the church calendar, we have that built right in that we can slow it down. It's not all over, you know, at midnight on the 24th or whatever. How about you, Dave? Dave? Well, uh, I want to say carefully, celebration really isn't a thing for, for me and my family. Like we don't celebrate birthdays a whole lot. You know, we don't make it a huge thing. I mean, we did when they were very little, but you know, we wish each other happy birthday and such. And it kind of flows along the same lines as, uh, as that with Christmas. Um, we, obviously we celebrate Christmas and we do the gift thing, but the, we get the two weeks off and we just spend time together. I think that's, that's the biggest thing for us. Um, and, and we just enjoy it. Just, just, just hanging out with each other. So I think for me, it's partly the idea around, you know, being a Christian on Sunday, you know, it's not, it's, you're not a Christian just on Sunday. It's getting either Christian all the time. It's great to be reminded uh, of the birth of Christ, uh, around, around this time, but, um, you know, do we forget it through the year? And you know what I find? Well, I mean, this is probably looping back to where we started about telling telling each other's stories and talking to people and being honest. But it's actually just super helpful for me to hear all of your, you know, accounts of Christmas and your plans to remind me that there's actually not one correct way to do it. And that, uh, you know, it's it's okay to find your rhythm in your family and to take it cool and relaxed and not everything has to be a big Christmas production, which probably is the thing I had to learn over the years. Yeah. One of the other things that I do uh, during Advent is we bring out the nativity set, but we just set up the stable and the manger, the empty manger. And then we put Mary and Joseph way on the other side of the room and throughout Advent, we keep moving them a little bit closer to the stable so that by Christmas, everybody appears there, (laughs) but but there's a progression, right? It's, it's building. You don't just That's set good. out the Advent thing all at once. But the wise men don't arrive at Christmas. Two oh, years that's later. right. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, a few like, years well, later. They're still, that's they're right. still on their way. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Do you still do that with, uh, with your teenage kids? Oh, no, that's for me. <laughs> they don't watch. That's for me. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, friends, thank you so much. This was so fun. And we uh, we wish all our listeners to both podcasts and everything that EFC does, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. And we're so grateful for you. Well, we're grateful that you listen. We're grateful that you interact with us and hope it's a wonderful, blessed time for you and your family. Thank you for listening. Check out more podcasts and subscribe to Faith Today magazine for free at faithtoday.ca. This podcast is produced by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. If you enjoyed it, please rate or share it.